Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to day four of SEC Media Days from Nashville. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I am, what did I call you? Brian Haydad, I think is I think his you name. Added like a U there. Yeah, just added hey, an extra Haley vowel. Uh, we're glad to be with you. Thanks uh, for joining us in the Pearl River Resort Studio. As always, Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book, the Golden Moon Casino. You can learn more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. I'm going to be in Philadelphia next week for the Neshoba County Fair. You're going to be at the Neshoba County Fair. This Saturday. This Saturday. Yeah. That's right there near Pearl River Resort. Might be a good reason to stop by, whether it's the sports book or a poker tournament. Hey, Dad might be looking for that. Or, my arm, or maybe he's going to be hot and he wants to visit Geyser Falls and get in that lazy river and just float around after a long, strenuous week in Nashville. Are you going to say it? And a hot Saturday at you, the uh, Neshoba County Fair. Okay. What? The last time you made a, a, a Geyser Falls reference towards me, the term banana hammock got thrown in. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to do that. I mean, if you tell the same joke every single time you mention Geyser Falls. It can become a tradition, though. Yeah, uh-huh. I suppose so. Uh, you can learn more about all of that online at PearlRiverResort.com. You know the ceasefire text line is open to you. I feel like we owe you tomorrow. Uh, a lot of your messages coming in on the ceasefire text line this week. It's been a busy week. Had a lot of interviews. We've got a lot of interviews coming up for you today as well. You know the number, 601-879-4395. You also know by now that you can give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. And finally, we remind you that our coverage all week long from SEC Media Days has been brought to you by Genteel, genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. As you get ready for college football season, Probably need to make an addition or two to your closet. Do that with the collegiate collection from Genteel, whether it's Mississippi State or Ole Miss or Southern Miss or Alabama or Auburn or Missouri or any of the other schools that they are carrying. You can uh, get them online at genteelapparel.com. So uh, this is the day that Ole Miss is here. We talked with Lane Kiffin this morning. We'll have that conversation uh, for you this afternoon. I was able to sit down with him for about five minutes before he started his rotation uh, through the media. We're also going to have some clips of some of the things that Lane Kiffin said in the big media room. And why not just start with this? Just start right here because the moment of the day for Lane Kiffin 
was an exception. So it, here's the setup, right? They've got the big media room where all the traditional print writers uh, go. There's an electronic media room. There are a bunch of breakout rooms where he goes to, to Sirius XM and CBS and SEC Network and ESPN. So this was in the electronic media room, and there was a reporter who asked Lane Kiffin a, uh, a question, kind of. It was more of a statement looking for a bit of uh, reaction. So the, back got? the background is the media doesn't clap. By and large, the media takes itself very, very seriously. Truth be told, the media doesn't like to even laugh at thing that, things that coaches say because that's not really Big J journalism. You're going to hear a little different reaction here. The context, there was a reporter who told Lane Kiffin that he is often mistaken for Lane and that once upon a time, and this will be a little hard to hear, so stick with it on the audio, he showed his mom a picture of Lane Kiffin from his playing days at Fresno State, and she thought that it was a photo of her son. Take a listen. Um, so I'm sorry that you it, it paired in with me, So, but I would embrace it. I would just go with it. I sent that to my mom, and she was like, is that you? Like, she did not know that it What's your mom's name? <laughs> there you get the laughing, there you get the clapping, and then there was uh, a moment right after that where he said, I'm going to have to talk to my dad and see what was going on back then. So, um, funny stuff from Lane Kiffin. That is not a typical media reaction no, no, at no. SEC media days. No, that's good stuff. Uh, all right, so, so let's get into some of what he said in the, uh, the main media room today. Um, in his opening statement, Lane Kiffin, I guess, decided to kind of get out in front of questions about the way last season ended, and he really took a lot of ownership. I think I can play this for you. I didn't do a very good job at the end of the year keeping our team together. I think, not as an excuse, but I set it up here a year ago, you know, the challenge is when you have such a roster overhaul and so portal heavy. And I've said I've always been concerned about culture issues when you do that because you don't have kids that have been there very long. So, um, and I said one of those challenges, even if you look at the NBA when they put together these good free agent teams, is if seasons don't go great, it's very hard to keep keep everybody playing at a high level because the expectations were so high. So I think down the down the stretch there, um, after the Alabama game, um, I didn't do a good enough job of finding a way to keep our guys playing at a high level because we did not play to our standards at the end of the season. So so you got to remember, going into that Alabama game, Ole Miss was 8-1, right? They started the season 7-1. They lose the game in Baton Rouge to LSU after the 7-0. I'm sorry, they started the season 7-0. They lose the game in Baton Rouge. They bounce back and beat Texas A&M to get to 8-1, and then they come home for a monster game against Alabama. They didn't win the game. It felt like it took a lot of air out of the balloon. And then following Alabama, that's when the Auburn stuff really started leading into that Arkansas game. Felt like there were a lot of distractions, and, and Lane Kiffin kind of owned it. Yeah, in his defense, he did, like, at every chance, tell people, I'm worried about team chemistry. 
is something that he talked about a lot going into last season. I, I don't know if he saw signs in the locker or whatever, but he, he mentioned that. However, in his answer, there was a glaring omission, and, and it was the Auburn thing. It wasn't just team chemistry that caused them to start losing games at the end of the year. There was another distraction there that uh, I understand that why he didn't, but there's yeah, there's something else that he he, he no didn't mention there. That up. Again, yeah, maybe he didn't want to relitigate that again oh, yeah. at this point. Maybe I understand why maybe not. Like Richard, but, he didn't know about it. Well, it's it's possible. Oh, yeah. I, I I learned that uh, throughout the course of this week. Uh, there is no coach that has been here this week who has talked as openly and as candidly about NIL, free agency, players getting paid, and Lane Kiffin just. I mean, if you want to say rip the bandaid off or, or whatever. Uh, but he's been an open book about this. He's had strong feelings about it for a uh, for a long time. And uh, this is Lane Kiffin on players getting paid. There's no other system like it. Like the player, I, I've told our players, I've told our our parents of our significant players, like it is a great time to be a kid or a parent, okay, with where college football is. I'm like, they'll probably eventually fix this, so you will be this one window of a couple years where you – literally can leverage your program every window and or you can go into you can go into free agency and find the most money out there and now we're seeing you really get paid three times if you want to you can get paid coming out of high school you can one time transfer go in get the most money get paid again then you can grad transfer and get paid again so eventually you're not going to be able to do that i would think um, and have that leverage basically every semester to do that. So uh, I've told them it's an awesome time for them. Contrast the way Jimbo at Texas A&M talks about NIL and the way Lane Kiffin talks about NIL. He doesn't just talk about it. He says, this isn't going to last forever. If you're a player right now, you are a player at the best time in the history of yeah. college football to be a player. Mm -hmm. And if you play your cards right, you've got leverage and can get paid three times. Once coming out of high school, once either using or threatening to use your one-time transfer, and then once again either using or threatening to use your opportunity to grad transfer. That's smart business. Mm -hmm. And he, he made it a point because he, he did spend a lot of time talking about, hey, the system's flawed. Like, this, this isn't good. We got a clip that we'll play, if not today, tomorrow, where uh, he, he says, I use the portal. I use it, so I can't complain, but it's not good for the sport, uh, which I find fascinating. But he, he made it a point to constantly say, don't blame the players. If you're mad at the players, you're mad at the wrong people. They're only doing, and he said, they're only doing what all of you guys in this room would do. He said exactly that. Certainly did. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow along on all of their social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. They are at Visit Oxford MS. Just look for the events page on the website, and you can see all of the activities that are coming on. And that, uh, that calendar of events really starts to fill up over the next couple of months as we roll toward the fall. Got a big day for you. Bunch of guests. You're going to hear from Lane Kiffin, the conversation that we had. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad talked with Cedric Johnson. They talked with Quinshawn Judkins. They talked with DeAndre Prince. You got all of that coming up this afternoon in addition to, uh, what, a conversation with, uh, with Barrett Salee. 
one with Gary Danielson. You're not going to want to miss this. And we're going to have more for you tomorrow on the Friday edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. Coverage of SEC Media Days brought to you by Genteel, genteelapparel.com. We're back right after this. Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days in Nashville. Last year, we were in Atlanta. We had a chance to uh, visit with David Cutcliffe, who now works for the Southeastern Conference. He was uh, kind enough to spend some time with us. Great conversation a year ago, and always good to see you. Yeah, it is fun to do this media day event. I see old friends like yourself, and I, I'm blown away. And, and I, I thought Coach Saban said it well this morning. I don't know if y'all had the privilege of being in the big room when he spoke. He thanked the media in every way, the coverage of the players, the coverage of the fan base, the delivery to the fan base, as being a huge and impactful part of the Southeastern Conference. And I'm not trying to blow smoke at you guys, but don't take that lightly. Uh, it's real. And we do appreciate that more than you would ever know. And you've increased the interest in this league in football, and you've done all of the right things in that regard. And uh, I was really happy, and I haven't had a chance to have him private. I'm going to go down there in August, but I'm going to tell him privately in August how much I appreciated his comments, and they were very appropriate. That's kind of you to share that. Um, there probably are times along the way he, where he feels less of that in the moment than uh, than other times, but that is a fascinating take from, from somebody who didn't have to do that. And he's, he's being sincere. It was genuine. We've talked a little bit about that before. Everybody between a coach and a media and the, the intensity of the coverage and the hard knocks that occur, there's going to be some friction. Sure. But when we're both professionals, as it should be, then it can, it can coexist with a lot of respect. I had a chance to visit with one of your former players. Chris Spencer came by. I think he came to see you today and uh, was kind enough to, to spend a few minutes with us. What an incredibly uh, successful guy that he has become. Madison Central High School, star at Ole Miss, decade-long career in the NFL. Now he's running a company that he explained to me, and I'm still not sure I completely understand what they do, but, it, but wildly successful there. How gratifying is it for you when you have former players that, that stay connected and you're able to see what they have become post-football? He, um, he is the epitome of why you coach. You go back when I first met Chris, he was 16 years old, uh, Madison Central High School, good talent. But there were a lot of hills to climb for Chris. And uh, it's why we take players both on the field and off the field and do everything in your power as a coach. See, people forget, and I'm going to say this for our coaches often, I tell them this. The word is a derivative from something that had four wheels that hmm. people got into. And they had a desired destination, okay? Actually, it's Hungarian koski was the word. It was where these first, quote, coaches or carriages were made. Wow. 
And when I see Chris Pinter and how much I love him and how proud I am of him, starts with, okay, let me see the family, the husband he is, the father he is. He's going to do well in business because he's so bright and honest and, and you can trust him and people trust him. It's a software company that, you know, is, is trying to enhance other athletes yeah. uh, in an analytical manner. So um, it's why you coach. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's fun the fact that he played 10 years in the NFL, but how would I feel if he were uh, a mess right now? Sure. And so he is the epitome of why you do what you do. And I've been blessed to have so many great young people that have been a part of my life. He said before the season began, Eli Manning told him, you're going to play center. I'm not playing center. I've never played center in my life. And then said there was an injury. And Eli said, you're playing center. And he said, I'm not. And he said about two minutes later, you and John Latina walked over to him and put your arm on his shoulders. And he said he became a center. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're that great of an athlete, which he was, as an offensive lineman, and that's what we needed. That was the spark we needed. And Eli knew it. You can't fool a quarterback, can you? You know? And um, so it was a good moment for him. As it turned out, being a first-round draft choice center is not so bad, Chris Spencer. Worked out fine. Certainly did did work out. Um, I know maybe the ending uh, was – not how it should have been uh, at Ole Miss. But when you think back to your time as the head coach there, do you remember that time fondly for, for the most part? And is there a, a moment in particular that stands out? It, it people is so fondly, uh, not just our players, but so many deep friends that will always be friends and a part of your life. And so I don't, I don't have bitterness. I didn't have bitterness then. I was disappointed. I think What people don't realize, when you're fired as a head football coach, you're immediately ripped away and separated from a lot of people you love. And you don't see them again. And um, that's that's a devastating feeling. And then you lose kind of your legacy, meaning you're not back there or back around those young people. Uh, Do I have any regrets? None. And uh, do I have a great respect for like Dr. Kyatt, you know, who hired me there as the chancellor. Uh, what an incredible mentor he proved to be for me, even though it didn't end good. Uh, you just got to trust the Lord's path and you move on. But, uh, you know, it's, it's now easier for me to go back yeah. and embrace the program and embrace so many people that meant so much to us. And my son lives in Oxford. I, I was going to say, having a, having a son and uh, six grandkids that are there doesn't yeah, hurt either. Yeah, and, you know, um, they thought they were going to get rid of the cut cliffs out of Oxford, <laughs> I guess. Forget that, right? And, uh, when you look at Lane Kiffin and uh, what he is in terms of an offensive mind, and I know the two of you have, have had a chance to, to spend some time together and, and visit and, and maybe even talk some ball uh, along the way. What, what stands out for you uh, about Lane Kiffin? He is a terrific football coach. He, um, he has an understanding of the game on both sides of the ball. You can't be a great offensive coach unless you understand defense. I think his time with his dad was important to his career. Think about Monty Kiffin and what kind of defensive football coach. 
I've known Monty a long, long longer than I've known Lane. Wow. And uh, his time with, with Nick Saban, one of the greatest defensive minds. And Lane, Lane may, may not, you don't think he's paying attention. He is. He's gathering information all the time. And so he can certainly train a quarterback. And he, but I, I tell you where people miss him is in, he's a relationship builder. He's got a, when I was over there this spring, they had a guest speaker in and the guy did a terrific job and it was above, it wasn't about football, it was about life and things. And, and I, I tell Coach Kiffin all the time, I said, you, you should be remembered and let's take Coach Vault out of the equation because of a different era. Sure. You should be remembered as the best football coach in the history of Ole Miss and you can do that and you need to focus on that. And, uh, uh, I hope that he can can do that. I pull for him. I pull. You know, I, my wife says, "How can you pull for everybody?" Because I have <laughs> personal relationships with all of them now, and I have an interest in all of them. I didn't know how this was going to go. Uh, I even went to Texas and Oklahoma this spring. I went to sixteen spring practices, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm going in the equipment room to hug those guys yeah. next. And you know, I don't know. Just, just a couple of minutes left. Um, to me, one of the, the hallmarks of a great coach is the willingness to evolve. Yeah, you've mentioned Nick Saban a couple of times. He yeah. has evolved in the way that he coaches the game. Yeah. You might have been the foremost quarterback coach in, in the time that you were coaching, but your style in coaching quarterbacks changed from when you had Peyton Manning and Eli Manning to with some of the guys that you had at Duke. You evolved. Was there any hesitation for you to make that evolution to a different style of quarterback, the style that's playing the game now, primarily? No, I mean, if, if you're always learning, which we all should do, you're, you're moving forward. And when you stop, you're done. Um, we evolved from under the center when I first was involved playing and coaching quarterbacks right. to the gun, almost exclusively the gun. And you still, though, train a quarterback the same way, from the neck up and the neck down. And what a lot of young quarterback coaches do, even in this day and time, the most critical thing is that you are, have great habits because you're playing the game with your eyes and your mind. This can't regress. The mechanics can't regress. Start with your feet. And uh, so it wasn't as big a challenge as people might think. And then the other part of it is, is that the defenses have gotten faster. The pass rush is faster. You have to speed the quarterbacks rips up uh it's an interesting thing that was the biggest change you went from about 3.75 seconds in the passing game you better not hit much over 3.2 or you're not going to survive you're not going to stay healthy that's one of the problems we have with nfl people quit holding the ball i don't want to if i'm a quarterback i don't want to see the back of the head of the receiver over and over and over and that's why a lot of them fail or get hurt you know so Get it out on time, brother. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Enjoyed it a lot. David Cutcliffe, more with you after this from SEC Media Days. in Mississippi sports. You'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi.
Radio Row, SEC Media Day is live in Nashville. We're brought to you by our good friends at Genteel Apparel. Genteelapparel.com is the place to find incredible polos, pants, swim trunks. You can't get this master's polo, though, <laughs> that my handsome young son, Ben Portnoy, is wearing. Cover South Carolina from the state. It is South Carolina Day here at SEC Media Day. Spencer Rattler just down the way from us. Uh, first off, how are you? Good, man. This is fun. I, get I don't, to, I don't get, even want to do an interview. I just want to... <laughs> I just want to catch up. Get, get to get back with my Mississippi folks. This is always fun. So I appreciate you guys having me. South Carolina is sort of the trendy pick this year for third in the third in the East has become the trendy pick every year. It's like, all right, you got Georgia and there's Tennessee. And South Carolina is that team last year. But you and I both know that they were great against Tennessee. They were great against Clemson. They were kind of average outside of that. What's the real South Carolina? Uh Yes. All right. <laughs> I think like that's the thing that's been so interesting with the South Carolina team is that you look at the last two years and they've had some big wins, right? They beat Clemson at the end of the year last year. They beat uh, uh, Tennessee at the end of, last, end of the season last year. Beat North Carolina in the bowl game in 2021 as well. But they've been so up and down and there's been so much inconsistency. It's, it's sort of, you know, like you said, you look at those wins at the end of last year. That was coming off the heels of getting run off the field by a sort of mediocre Florida team. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the thing that you want to see more of with Shane Beamer and where this program is. If they're going to take the next step, if they're going to be that third team in the East, maybe the second team in the East, uh, or at least while that exists in this yeah. <laughs> this current construct this year anyway, um, you know, that's what you have to have. You can't have the sort of major ups and downs, and you can't be figuring out it out in week seven. You need to figure it out in week two. Next year for Mississippi State, South Carolina, teams like that, it's about being seventh. Yes. <laughs> We're seventh. That's what, you, that's what you want to win. And you know what? If you finish seventh in the SEC, you might make the college football playoff. It's, it's, it's possible. It's yeah. possible. Um, is, is part of the reason that the, the Carolina's become sort of this trendy pick is that Beamer is just so darn likable? <laughs> I think that's part of it. I think they're fun. You're, I, you're closer to them, so I don't know if yeah, no, the same thing. I, I think that's true. I think that Shane will... People will tell you that fans for sure love him. I think that most media people will tell you that Shane's one of the easier folks in the conference to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I think just he's pretty real. What you see is what you get. And as you know, with college football coaches, since it's not always the case, it can be a little bit of an act or, or you get a sort of used car salesman type thing. But I think with Shane, it really is, you know, pretty gen, pretty truly genuine. And I think that carries weight. And I think it's why he's so likable. I think it's why people rally around South Carolina, why they're kind of fun. I think that they've got some sort of chaos team energy to them a they little do. bit, um, which makes them fun to watch because you kind of just never know what you're in for. And um, I, I think you roll those things together. That's kind of where you, where you get that sort of likability. Rattler has some chaos energy, too. This is a guy that <laughs> a couple of years ago people were saying he could be the number one pick in the draft. He transferred to South Carolina. And, and much as the team was, he was up and down last year. The two games against Clemson and, and Tennessee, he looked like the best quarterback in, the, in college football. Other times, he looked like a guy who's still tr struggling to find his way. Is this the year where he finally puts it all together? I would, I mean, South Carolina would hope so, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. But, um, but no, I do think so. I think that, like, the thing that you saw with Spencer was that, and I think was, was so maddening for a lot of people, was you saw it in flashes. You saw pieces of it. You saw... There were moments where he looked great before the Clemson game, before the Tennessee game. But the problem was that it was for, you know, one series or one quarter or one half. It wasn't a full game. Now, we joked about it in the preseason last year that at some point Spencer Rattler was going to go win you a football game. You right. didn't know when it was going to happen, but it was probably going to happen. And it did someone. happen. And it did happen. They went and beat Tennessee, and you could argue Clemson too, and, and probably should have won the, the bowl game against Notre Dame as well. But I, I think that when you look at that and, and you see where his game is it's it's sort of 
the offensive line was really up and down to start the season. They got better. Spencer had time to throw. He had time to get through his progressions. He had the time to do the things that he does that, that are so special, that arm talent, that flash, um, with what he can do when he pushes the ball down the field. And I think that that's what changed down the stretch. But I think that, um, you know, I was talking to someone in sort of the scouting world yesterday, and, and they were, we were talking about how if you look at the pro football focus numbers, the year that Spencer had his best year at Oklahoma, his first year as a starting quarterback there, his offensive line was like one of the, you know, five, ten best offensive lines in the country. And he had time to throw, and he played well. It's amazing how that works, right? Whereas you look at South Carolina, his end of Oklahoma's You don't have to sell year. me on how great offensive linemen are. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, like, there's like four or five guys on that offensive line that are now playing, like, productive NFL careers. Yeah. And, and I think that's not a coincidence, is that when you're protected and you have time to throw, you can, you can get through those progressions and do special things. But I think it took South Carolina a long time to get there. The game that everybody in this state kind of has, I don't know if circles the right word, but they know it's an important game is the game with South Carolina. We've talked about it. You and I have talked about it, that the schedule is so tough for both teams. State is LSU, South Carolina, Alabama. South Carolina is Georgia, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Going 0-3 in that stretch is not going to be conducive to either team having a great season. How important is that game for South Carolina? It's huge, and not to mention South Carolina starts the season against UNC in Charlotte. Yeah. And what's probably going to be a top 25 game. I mean, a 1-4 start would not be what you want. Yeah, and like, look, it, the schedule softens up over the back half, and you're going to play to, uh, Clemson and A&M, but it softens up a lot, and you should be able to make sort of a fun. run. Ben Portnoy says Clemson and A&M are soft. <laughs> he just said it. <laughs> Taking me a little out of context, but that's okay. That's fine. Portnoy out of context is a thing. That's <laughs> that is, a real that thing. That is a wild. That is a wild rabbit hole. We'll we'll leave it that. But it's um, not soft. But <laughs> but I do think that yeah, South Carolina's got to win that game. I mean, that's the thing. Is like it, it's sort of one of those swing games, and and we talk about it with State all the time, right? Like there's certain games when, where you feel like you're going to match up at least talent wise, right? Mm -hmm. Games against Georgia, Tennessee, sometimes it depends. Like. South Carolina, Mississippi State, whoever, you're always, there's going to be better players probably on the other side more yeah. often than not. Yeah. South Carolina and Mississippi State should match up pretty well, pretty evenly. And I think that if you're South Carolina, that game, I think, sets a tone. It can push you to sort of a three and two start, maybe, or, or a two and three start, whatever that might be. Um, you, you, you get the game at home. I think that, excuse me, I think that matters. Um, and it's a, a game in, you know, there's some fun storylines, right? Shane Beamer and Zach Selman are, are super good friends and, and from their days at Oklahoma. And Shane was an assistant coach at Mississippi State. So there's a lot of fun storylines. But as far as the actual game, it's one that I think both teams kind of have to have or really need to have. Um, but I think it's got a potential for a really fun game. I think it's, you and I have talked about this. I think it's an under the radar sort of, we could look up and that could be one of the underratedly best games of the year. This, yeah. I, I, like, I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, 100%. 100% and you left out a huge storyline, Portnoy versus the Denver <laughs> that's a big. That's a big the, deal. The, the Portnoy Bowl, is that what we're calling it? Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned Rattler a second ago. Who's he throwing to? Who's he handing off to? Yeah, uh, handing off to, I think you and I have about as good a chance to take it at this point. South yeah. Carolina, I've got a lot of questions at running back. but um, he's, he's about to walk by. I could just ask him. <laughs> definitely. But... Uh, yeah, if you look at uh, sort of what he's got at receiver, uh, Juice Wells is going to be, I mean, he's the leading receiver coming back in the Exciting SEC. Exciting player. Really fun player, plays big, gets down the field, really, really fun. Uh, great, great with the ball in his hands, really, really has a lot of ability after the catch. Um, but you take that, you've got a handful of other guys that are sort of older. Uh, Trey Knox is a transfer from, from Arkansas at tight end, who I think South Carolina feels really good about. Marion Brown's a speedster who they feel good about. Uh, to carry on Joyner is probably going to play 
running back this year, but uh, that'll be an interesting dynamic. And Good athlete, luck. though. Great athlete. Could end up being the starting running back, which is why I joke, you know, if anyone has any eligibility out there, South Carolina could probably take you right now. But um, I, I think that'll be interesting. Um, but there's going to be some options. Josh Simon is, is another guy, a tight end, that they brought in from Western Kentucky. He's got like 1,600 receiving yards in his career. Uh there's some pieces there that I think they could be pretty dynamic. Xavier Leggett uh, is another guy that's been plays really, really big and can stretch the field. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I think they've got pieces at skill position, but it's going to be it, it's going to be on the offensive line to come together. Frankly, a couple of minutes left. Defensively was where I thought they were really inconsistent. Like, they, like, offensively, they they were able to get points most games, but defensively, they were just so even in the, in the wins. You know, the Tennessee game mm -hmm. they gave up a ton of points. Can they be better this year? I think so. I think that the, the thing that I look at it, if you're looking at South Carolina's defense, the secondary, I think, is still going to be a strength. You're going to be experienced there, even though it's a few younger pieces and you got to replace a couple NFL draft picks. They're, they're still going to be experienced. It's guys that are really, really talented. Linebacker, they lose two sixth-year seniors, but they kind of, I hate to say, uh, you know, you get better by attrition, but they're sort of more of a, you're going to have a higher ceiling, I think, okay. with some of the guys that are there at linebacker and, and are some really good pieces. But you lost your two starting defensive ends to the transfer portal and Jordan Birch, who's at Oregon now, and Gilbert Edmond, who's at Florida State. And there's some pieces there to work with, but they're really thin on the edge. They're going to be really good inside, I think, but they're really, really thin on the edge. And that makes me a little bit nervous to sort of, it makes it hard for me to say that South Carolina's defense is going to be super consistent because of that. And, you know, it's it's sort of the old caveat in college football, right? The longer the longer a quarterback has to throw in college football, the more open his receivers are probably going to get, whereas, yeah. you know, it's the flip side in the NFL. Um I think that's the thing that makes me worry about what this South Carolina defense can be. I think Clayton White's done a really good job and, and is a really good coach. They've got a good staff, but it, it's I have a lot of questions about that defensive line. 15 seconds. Better record last year or this year for South Carolina? I'm going to say push. Push. Eight and five. That's my son. He, he knows how to hedge his bets. <laughs> ben Portnoy, he covers South Carolina for the state. We've had a great time here at SEC Media Days. And coming up in the next hour, don't forget all of the Ole Miss coverage from today here in Nashville. But we will be back in just a couple of minutes. And when we are, you still have to hear from us one more time. I know, I know nobody wants that. But then we'll get into the Ole Miss stuff. Should be a lot of fun. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. This is SEC Media Days live in Nashville. Brought to you by our friends at Genteel Apparel. Mississippi. Days in Nashville. Final day. Old Miss here today. Four o'clock hour is going to be full of Old Miss content. My conversation with Lane Kiffin, DeAndre Prince, Cedric Johnson, Quinshawn Judkin. Those three players from the Rebels sat down with Borky and Haydad just a little while ago. 
Uh, we're glad to be with you. Our coverage is brought to you by Genteel and GenteelApparel.com. All of our guests today, throughout the week, and every day are brought to you by Farm Bureau on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. That's favorites.com from Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, one of the funnier moments in the big room today, uh, the, the main media room with Lane Kiffin, was a question that he got from Kirk Bowles. That may be a name that you recognize. He writes at the Austin American Statesman. So he covers Texas primarily. Texas coming into the league in the SEC. A lot of conversation about NIL and money. And Kirk Bowles asked Lane Kiffin, he's like, you know, you talked about the money and the richest boosters being able to pay the most. Uh, would you do me a favor and rank the wealth of boosters in the SEC? Nice try, Kirk. Here's what Lane Kiffin had to say. I am not about to start putting rankings out on boosters <laughs> from top to bottom in the conference. Um, God, I want to so bad, though. <laughs> the commissioner said, remember, we've grown a lot, and you don't have to respond to every question, you know, to show everybody you have the answer. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that on this situation. Um, but like I said kind of before, I want to look at the best, the best booster that's in the country, and eventually the best, the schools that have the most money that decide to pay the players the most, just look at recruiting rankings the next few years. And that, that'll give you your answer. It was a creative question from Kirk Bowles, and uh, I think he got maybe the now. He got the sound body. You know when he walked off stage quietly to himself, he said, "Texas A&M number one." Yeah. Do you know how bad uh, how how much that would have angered Texas? It would have. It would have. He would have also but, thrown in Mississippi State number 14. Wouldn't they have been smart <laughs> enough to realize that he would do that just to take a shot? Yes. The Texas people nah, would know. No, yeah, he's, he's yeah. taking a shot because the slice bread thing. It would be one of those things. It's like, he's right, but I hate him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So pretty pretty refreshing takes from Lane Kiffin today. There, there was actually one other thing. We'll play one more clip. Uh, for you. Uh, he knew this was coming. Uh, he and I actually kind of joked about it a little bit. He's like, is my first question going to be about Tennessee sanctions? Uh, and he was, sure enough, asked about what he thought about the NCAA sanctions that were handed down to the University of Tennessee last week. But I didn't take long. Um, I got a lot of thoughts on that case and the case of USC and the case of Tennessee and penalties and all that and I'm not really going to get into that um, we're here to talk about the Ole Miss team you know happy for Coach Heupel I read where he was ecstatic about the penalties and the $8 million fine so that kind of probably tells you about how severe the penalties are in their eyes so um, I'm happy for them that they don't have to go through what we went through um, so good for them yeah, his his end at USC, everybody mocks it because of the tarmac thing. When he took the job, they got hammered because of Pete Carroll, right? It was his predecessor. They got, I mean, he had scholarship restrictions like we haven't seen since yeah. when he took over at USC. And he said it without saying it, but the attitude of coaches towards the NCAA is you're a joke. That, that, he said that without <laughs> saying it, that you're a joke. 
he was ecstatic that they got an $8 million yeah. fine. So that tells you what he thinks. And, and here's the thing. Lane Kiffin is, is tying this to his experience at USC. He's not even tying it to Ole Miss no. because he wasn't at Ole Miss when the Rebels right, right. went through a similar thing. So Ole Miss fans can probably relate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and at the same time, a little, another a little, little dig, a little, a little knife to Tennessee. Just, just. I always like to. Talk He's about good Bork, at that, isn't he? Borky always gives me like he gives a little subtle jab. You just don't expect him. Kiffin, Kiffin is the master. It, it, it's like uh, if you're watching on Super Talk TV, it, you sit next to somebody and you don't punch anybody. You just go, yeah, just just poke. It. Yeah, stop. Like, just, stop, just leave stop. me alone. Just, just leave your hands to yourself. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, kind of what it is. So four <laughs> o'clock hour. Uh, you're going to hear from Lane Kiffin, one-on-one -on -one yeah. conversation that I had with him. You're going to hear from DeAndre Prince. Uh, Borky and Haydad talked with him. They talked with uh, Cedric Johnson. They talked with Quinshawn Judkins. Wait till you hear how DeAndre Prince puts on weight. It is it is something to behold. Are you taking tips to put on weight? Nah, I'm messing with you. No. You tell him you were trying to go in the opposite direction? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Hey, also later in the show today, we're going to talk with Gary Danielson. That's with the college football fix driven by Ford to start the 5 o'clock hour. Former Ole Miss offensive lineman Chris Spencer, Brandon Marcello, and then we'll wrap things up with you as well. Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days in Nashville at the Grand Hyatt. Our coverage brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk, Mississippi. Back at SEC Media Days in Nashville. This is the final day of the event. It's been a fun week. We have covered a lot of ground. We've had a lot of great conversations on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Alongside Michael Borky. And uh, what's his name again? Brian Hayden. I'm Richard. Know, you made up a name earlier. That's yeah. Crazy. Thanks for uh, thanks for being with us. For coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Not one, but two 18-hole championship golf courses: the Oaks and the Azaleas. Really simple to play and uh, fairly inexpensive as well. It is a great value. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, the dancing, fourth member of our broadcast team. Is, yeah. Is DancingRabbitGolf.com. You can book your tea time online. He's just listening to Thunder and Lightning. No, I was gonna say, dang it. I was gonna say, like, he's just listening to Borky's takes. He's he's just collecting them back there. Ah. Uh, uh -huh. I left you out. Yeah, no thanks. collateral damage there. Because I don't have a podcast. <laughs> after, this is after yesterday. I pumped up the Rebel Report too. I said it's the best. Ole Miss podcast out there. You should listen to it. And this is how I'm repaid. With yeah. treachery. Our coverage it, at SEC Media Days. Sorry, I need to do the sponsor thing. Is brought to you by okay. Genteel and Genteel Apparel. Genteelapparel.com. That is their website. It is available at uh, men's specialty stores. And when I say it, I mean all of their items are available at men's stores across the state of Mississippi. 
and beyond, including Harry Meyer Clothing in Meridian, Landry's in Oxford, SF Aldman in Gulfport, Smith & Company in Greenwood, and Steve's on the Square in Philadelphia. We've got all this here today. We're good back there now, Paul. You can yeah, go ahead and keep thanks. talking. Don't thanks. worry about overflow. Well, well until you, yeah. just, I'm just very glad that they made sure that we couldn't have that banner up. I, I mean, the, the crime that, that Houston dared commit on Tuesday. I, well, how could how could your boy get back here to change out the uh, the trash receptacle if we had had a banner in the way? Ne I can't wait to see where we're next. Next year, we're going to be like in an oil dairy. Hey, it, it fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. That is pretty good. In fairness, a thank you mm -hmm. to the SEC staff. Yeah, the, the, media days has gone swimmingly, super smooth this week. Swimmingly, uh, other than a couple of glitches with the internet, the, the technology piece has been better than it is an, than it has ever I, been. I agree. This hotel has been great. The proximity to Broadway, really cool. Yeah. It, it's been good all the way around. I, I would vote for coming back to Nashville. It's a great city. Yeah, it's fun. It is. It really I've enjoyed is. Myself. The Crane City. We didn't do the hot chicken thing though. No. Dang it, we didn't. And we should have. Oh, well. I had a hot chicken sandwich for dinner last night. How was that? Oh, it was good. Outstanding. Was I good. had. I went and got tacos with some old college friends. Four of us. I was telling Haydad this Listen earlier. This Blew story. my mind. Four of us, and we each order three tacos. Different ones for each of us. Twelve total. Twelve total. I did the They bring too. them out on a pizza tray, mm -hmm. big pizza tray, and stick it in the middle of the table. Okay. And then the witch was like, okay, that one and that one and that one are yours. That one and that one and that one are yours. And and that's how they brought them they to They didn't us. bring them their own plate. Didn't put them on an individual plate. I can't, I can't put get behind the 12 that. tacos on a pizza tray in the middle of the table. And then we had to remember which ones you pointed well, to. It was, just, it was family style tacos. That was not how they were ordered. That's not how that works. Yeah, well. It's not how they were used for either. We've, Death, we've, taxes, and Borky and Haydad with something new to complain about. Tomorrow, yeah. we'll have something new for them to complain about. If you're not complaining, you're not Mississippi. living. Houston and I split a, a lobster grilled cheese sandwich, though. That was fantastic. I'll bet. That sounds that good. That was really good. You were excited about eating in the food court. And I, I made, we made a good choice. Did they have a Sabara? No, no. They had a pizza place, but it was a nice, cool pizza Well, then place. it's good that Dan's out of the SEC. Ah, oh, well, you know. Uh, quick thought. Tennessee here today. Yeah. Balls. Joe Milton, not small. Gigantic. If he person. plays to their his potential... They could be a. They could be somebody to really, really watch. Uh, and South Carolina had a conversation earlier with Ben Portnoy mm -hmm. uh, here on this show, and I talked about that game. They are the trendy pick in the East for third, I think. We'll see how it goes. All right, you're gonna hear from Lane Kiffin, DeAndre Prince, uh, Cedric Johnson, Quinshawn Judkins. Still got a conversation coming up with Gary Danielson. Still have a conversation coming up with Chris Spencer and Brandon Marcello. Ooh, that's a busy two hours left for uh, you. Is that all? Uh, yeah, that, that's we all. We have worked hard. And by the way, if you miss any of the show, you can always get it on demand at supertalk.fm. And you can download the podcast, rate and review, five stars, all of that good stuff. We'd love for you to uh, do just that. Just and Super Talk YouTube. To Don't forget. Don't forget Super Talk YouTube because I will be putting those interviews Tonight, want to get I had, back I had on a request already. already. Somebody wanted there. Was wondering where the Peter Burns interview is. I was like, I'm hey, sure. it'll get there. I, 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 I knew get there. you working this morning. We were going to have some issues. So. Our coverage from Media Days brought to you by Genteel. Here is the conversation that I had this morning with Ole Miss head football coach Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, the head coach of the Rebels, and uh, appreciate your time. How's the summer been? Uh, it's been good. Uh, players working hard. Had a little bit of off time with the kids and. 
some fishing, so ready to go back to work. Do you find some legitimate excitement in the build-up to the start of a new season? I do, and I feel like this this kicks it off because you kind of see some other coaches, players, and all the media and all the questions kind of get you to feel like you're in camp. At this point in your career, you've seen a lot, done a lot, been a lot of places. What do you enjoy at this point in terms of being a head football coach? I enjoy helping the kids um, through issues, seeing their development um, on and off the field, and really using past experiences to help them. So in terms of using past experiences, most recent season obviously didn't finish the way you wanted to. We were getting ready for the spring game, and and you talked to me some about self-scouting, going back and looking at things and trying to figure out what you wanted to do different. What's that process? Uh, Just watching all the cut-ups together of, you know, schemes and individual players and, you know, what we can do moving forward. And our roster changes so much in this world nowadays. Um, You know, all these practices are more important than ever. What did you learn when you went back and looked at it? Uh, We've got a lot of work to do on defense because we've got new coaches, new scheme, new players, and um, figuring out the right spots to put everybody in, too. So Pete Golding, new defensive coordinator, you, this was, I think, the guy that you targeted and said, we, we need him. I think you said that. But what was it about Pete? Was it style? Was it recruiting? How much of a previous relationship was there? I knew him some, knew him through people a lot, um, common coaches that worked together and knew how smart he was. And um, Frank Wilson at UTSA, Sarkeesian was with him at Alabama with Coach Saban. And so, I'd known a lot about him. Is he like one of those kind of wizard minds? We talked to him, at, I guess, back at the spring game, and I walked out of there and told Chris Dorn, I was like, man, I don't know half of what he was talking about. Yeah, he talks fast. Um, I, I feel like we probably have two wizards in Charlie, Charlie Weiss and, and Pete. Um, how, how fast they can think, how much information they can retain um, is really unique. Running back position, obviously Quinshawn back. Can he be a legitimate Heisman contender? Well, he can be. Um, a lot of things have to go right a lot of times in that. You know, your team needs some success. Um, players need to play well around you. So um, he has the talent to do that, um, but a lot of things have to happen. What about depth at that spot? Um, I think people sometimes forget that Zach Evans was there and had 900 yards on the ground a, a season ago. So to, to give him a break, to not have to have him carry it 35 times a game. Yeah, that would be the goal. Um, we don't want to wear him out and, um, unless we have to. and. Um, keep them healthy, and, and also we play so fast, it's really hard to carry that many carries because the time in between plays is so short. You talked about defense getting better. Uh, I would think that there's a hope that Suntarian Perkins, who was just kind of a man-child on the high school football field, can, can come in and help. How does a guy as a true freshman make that transition? Well, that's challenging. Um, it's harder than being the running back. A lot of things happen over there on defense, especially at linebacker. So um, he's got great talent. We need to find the best way to use him um, so that he can play. Is it more mental than physical? Yeah, I think he's physically he's he's so gifted. A lot of it is just mental and getting used to the rules and intricacies of the defense. All right, no no more football. Um, best fish you caught this summer? Uh, the kids actually, it's not the funnest fish to catch because um, they're kind of like pulling up a tank, but the kids wanted to catch a Goliath grouper, so um, we did that for them. I 
line, so that was pretty cool to see their faces when the big thing came up. We had a guide this summer that said, yeah, you can easily catch a shark, but it's not any fun to catch a shark. You caught a shark before? I have. So I'm not a real fisherman, but real, real fishermen like your guide. They would tell you, like, a lot of times the things we think that, like, when you first start fishing would be, like, really cool to catch. Like, they don't. They don't want to go catch Goliath grouper because they're just, like, pulling up a tank. <laughs> and sharks are no fun because they take forever to get in, and you got to cut, cut the line off anyway. So, um, um, yeah, I thought that would be cool, too, until you're sitting there for a long time trying to bring this monster in. Last thing for you, I only ask this because Nick Saban decided to tell a story about Grandma Saban and cakes yesterday, and he ended up saying that uh, carrot cake is his favorite. Are you, are you a cake guy? I'm really not. Um, I'm not. Not that I dislike it, but um, I'm really not. I was going to say like the Susie cakes that you eat every morning. I think that's what they were. The Little Debbie's. The, the oatmeal cream pies. Yes, yes. I mean, like no matter what, I was like, I think that's a really healthy way to start the day, but um, that and coffee, and it works for him. Thanks for your time. Yep. All right. Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. You're your earth, which is nice because it's not a spectacle. Sometimes it can get a, a little bit much. So, yeah. so you're here early. We're here early. And we appreciate you hanging out. Glad you're with us. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. So when you were told that you were going to do something like this, now I know this this event's more about us than it is you guys necessarily. You just want to play ball, I assume. But uh, when your coaches tell you that you're going to be a, a voice and a face of your team doing something like this, how did that make you feel? It made me just a sense of responsibility. You know, I uh, take, it, take it very seriously. You know, when he want me to uh, voice my, use my voice in interviews and in the media uh, because I feel like he looks at me as a leader and I like to use my voice more for the defense and for this team. So so as a leader, uh, as I'm sure has been emphasized, uh, the transfer portal is a, is a big thing, especially at a place like Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. and, and your defense has a bunch of new faces on it uh, that are probably going to play a, a lot for you. As that leader, as a veteran, uh, have you done anything different when those guys come in, join your team late in the process, even after spring, is there, is there something that you guys do to try to make them like feel welcome in your locker room? Um, definitely. I feel like uh, we all like a close-knit defense. So I think on the weekends, you know, even when we work and we talking, you know, we make sure we keep contact. We do little things on the weekend, little activities to, you know, get to know people deeper than, you know, just in workouts or just working together, you know, just having fun together. We make sure that we create that brotherhood and that bond. Awesome. So you, as a player, had a good year last year, but what was the, the thing that this offseason that you yourself wanted to work on the most? What was that area where you thought, ah, I need to improve here? I felt like I could be more consistent. Uh, never, I never want to stop improving. I, I definitely want to get better at, you know, man coverage, zone coverage, whatever I have to get better at uh, to get to the next level. Um, I'm willing to do it. 
when you look at this uh, this season coming up, you know, obviously last season didn't end the way that you guys wanted it to. You know, what's it going to take this year to get over that hump and, and be consistent the whole year through? I just think you got to take us coming together as a as a full team and being brothers at the end of the day. You know, even though uh, we separated up by offense and defense, I feel like it's important for all of us to come together and, you know, just be brothers and, and work together. When we work together, we got to make sure that, you know, that we keep our brothers, hold our brothers up to that standard. You look at uh, Cedric Johnson here with you today. You know, this Ole Miss defense has some veterans, but as Michael says, it has a lot of new faces. I feel like it's about balance, right? Do you feel like you right. have the right mix of, of new faces and veteran guys? I definitely feel like we have the right mix. I feel like Coach did a great job of getting those guys out the transfer portal, and those are great guys with great attitudes, and they come in ready to work, and they come in ready to play and ready to dominate. So you, you play in the SEC, obviously, and the, the wide receivers in this league, it's shocking almost uh, how talented they are sometimes. What, who is the most difficult receiver that you've had to cover so far in your career? Uh, I say my receiver simply because Mingo. I had Jonathan Mingo. I had Malik Heath. I had Braylon Sanders. Um, I had some big-name guys. You know, they're doing big things at the next level or going to do big things at the next level. So I say my receivers, they always got me prepared for those SEC receivers because they SEC receivers themselves. So I got my dirt dead. At practice, majority of the week. So, you know that that's 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 a little bit of a cop out. Now we're, we're gonna have to get you on that. <laughs> I was expecting to hear like Malik Neighbors or somebody else, but no. Okay, you know what? I'll let you go. We would be remiss. We have to ask about Pete Golden, new defensive coordinator, a guy who's had a, a resume and a track record of huge success over at Alabama. Now he comes to Ole Miss. I mean, his arrival has brought a lot of excitement mm -hmm. to Ole Miss. Talk about him. Tell us about him as a coach. Tell us about him as a guy who you feel can lead this defense and this team uh, to, to bigger heights. Uh, coach Golden, man, that's a great coach. Um, I, he, he always come in with a great attitude. Uh, I feel like he, his defense is very challenging. That's why, you know, it's very difficult for people, for offenses to pick up. So I think he have us thinking on a different type of brain scale. So we got to make sure that we communicate every play. Like, we got to make sure that we all in the same call and make sure that we handle our business the right way. And that's an interesting thought because you think about defense, right? It's a lot of reaction. It's like mm -hmm. just go find the ball, go get the ball. When you say it's complicated, without making it too complicated for me, how is it complicated? Uh, just because we got to make sure everybody's on one accord. That's that's every defense, every great defense. Uh, we got to make sure that you know the linebackers know what to do. The the D line, you know, it's it's important to to have veterans that know opposite positions than their own so we got to make sure that everything is in line have your responsibilities changed in the new defense uh, are you doing different things uh, in terms of coverages or or, or or is it kind of the same responsibility for you as a defensive back in this defense uh i say i'm doing different things uh more zone more of i think i did mainly man last year so i think more zone for me is is an important thing for me to uh to do this year just to get to the next level Okay. And, and I, yeah, I'm curious. Football is, is a very important thing in your life, I imagine. Mm -hmm. But you, ha you have long off-seasons. What do you do when you're not studying film, working out, doing football stuff? What, what does DeAndre Prince like to do when he's not doing football stuff? I'm a family man. I'm a, I'm a family oriented. So I, uh, I like to go home, uh, be, with parent, be with my parents, uh, be with friends, cousins from my hometown. And uh, from Oxford, my hometown is like 40 minutes. So... And I like to take care of my daughter, man. That's all I like to do. That's it. You have a daughter? How old? 
Yeah, she's one. She's wow. one. Man, you got a long way to go, brother. Yeah, I, do. I got a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old. I'm, I'm struggling over here. He's all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get it. You're going to get there one day, I promise it. you. So, season coming up. You know, you look at, at the Ole Miss schedule this year, starting off with Mercer. Trip down to Tulane. That could be an interesting. You talk about uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the country and Michael Pratt. That's a big-time matchup. You pick him off a couple times. Get your season going in a great way. Georgia Tech, a team you guys had a lot of success with last year. Then in week four, you're heading to Alabama mm-hmm. for, for what you know could be a, a massive game for your season. Coach, coaches love to talk about one game at a time. Players love to talk about one game at a time. But how difficult is it not to look just a little bit ahead to that week four game? I mean, it's it's pretty. It's not really difficult, but I feel like that's just the mindset that that should be at hand. Uh, one game at a time, just because during that week you focus on, you know, that one team that you're facing, or you know, you're just focusing on that one, that one player that I, that you got to hold. So I just feel like one game at a time is is accurate and very, it's good for me. You use the word mindset. We hear the word pro mindset a lot mm-hmm. when when Lane talks, when 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 Ole Miss people talk, they use that term pro mindset. What is pro mindset? Uh, just carrying yourself like a pro, you know, just making sure you you have no no staggerments in your game or making sure that, you know, you lead the right way every day and you come with that pro mindset every single day. Can't be a different person. Can't can't let outside things uh, affect you on the field. Training camp's coming up uh, about a week away or so? Yeah, a week or so. Okay. Be honest. Do you like training camp? I didn't at first, but now it's like, I love it because actually it, it brings us together and brings us closer because we have to, you know, have those conversations with our teammates. We have to be, you know, close knit and be together to have to enjoy camp, actually. And, and plus, I like to cherish things. It's my last one, so I like to cherish it. So uh, on that note, you, you I'm sure you considered the NFL uh, mm, after last season. Uh, did you get any kind of feedback uh, from from scouts or, or whatever, what your pro prospects might be and, and what they expect out of you this season, that kind of stuff? It, are you thinking about that at all? Uh, I was during the summer, like, well, still is, but it's just mainly gain, gains of weight. Uh, it was mainly, like, my weight. So How I was do you trying do to that? Get, like, 190. You just, go, you just go to Southern Coop every day. Yeah. Uh, just, that's kind of hard. <laughs> 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 I eat Southern Coop every day. It's kind of hard. But, uh, so, for somebody like us, gaining weight's really easy to do, mm-hmm. but not the good way. So, so how, do, how are you doing it? Is it just more I workouts? I handle this conversation. Go. It's really like I drink, I try to drink a lot of water. I try to drink maybe two gallons or a gallon of water a day. Two so, gallons, two of, water gallons of water a day. I try. I get the biggest jug in the store and I just try oh, to man. drink it all day. Like I drink on it all day. So I mean, it's mainly like water weight. But I know when I wake up in the morning and we got to run, you know, do all the runs. I know I'm probably lose maybe two pounds, but I probably gain three pounds off the water. So that's a that's the game for me. And I like to eat probably like four four meals a day. You know what would happen if we ate four meals a day, right? <laughs> we wouldn't look it like would, you. We wouldn't look <laughs> like you, Josh, right? We, we got one thing I need from you here. We, we mentioned preseason camp. I mean, will you help us? We are on a, a crusade to get people to stop calling it fall camp. Because mm-hmm. it's not fall. It's, it's August in Mississippi. It's outside. not fall. It's not fall. Will you help us? Will you become a, a, a member of our collective? I definitely can become a member of your All right. collective. The fall, the no fall camp collective. We there's we, nothing. We don't have the about. same nil deal as the Grove Collective does. Okay, I I I'm sorry, yeah, but I, I'll take it. All right, well, he's in. He's in. It's mostly just a, a verbal movement and, and not a financial <laughs> it's movement. Not financial. 
but no, we appreciate you. Season coming up. I, I know you're excited, and we're uh, we're thankful that you came and, and stopped by. Uh, good luck this season. Yeah. Have a great season. And uh, well, I I don't know if if one of us wants you to have a great season. I want DeAndre to have an outstanding season. Yeah. Individual. Individual. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. That's DeAndre Prince, defensive back, veteran defensive back at Ole Miss. We'll be right back at Sports Talk Mississippi live at SEC Media Days in Nashville. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi live at SEC Media Days in Nashville. I'm Michael Borky. Now, Cedric Johnson sitting with me, veteran Ole Miss defensive end. And, and let's start with you. First of all, you battled some injuries last year. How you feeling? 100%. Well, I'm feeling great. Feeling, feeling good? Great. Yes, sir. Um, been rehabbing throughout the whole year. I've been a lot better. Um, I'm ready to go, ready to play. Uh, how hard is that uh, for you? I mean, you spend all offseason working. Uh, you have a big year, and, and then injuries happen. Is there the – how do you battle that mentally, uh, getting through that? Um, really, it's a, a lot of help came from my coach and the guys around me. They they know they know I'm still a good player. They know um, if it wasn't for these injuries, I would have I would did a lot better. And I don't even like to try and blame the injuries. I feel like it was just, it's all on me. Like, I don't – I don't want to try and take put any blame on those, but really just my guys, them staying around me, staying positive, me trying to stay in a positive headspace and just get through it, you know, um, and just doing the best I can for the team, playing in those games, just doing what I can. So what is the the one thing, absent health, of course, that you spent this offseason working on? What's that one part of your game that you, that you thought, yeah, I got to be a little bit better here? Uh, I really think just honing on my, um, my, run, my run defense. Run defense and really cleaning up my passwords. There's small, small things, small details on finishing my rushes and just finishing at the top of the rushes. So uh, let's get into that a little bit. What is that that small detail you're talking about in pass rush? That's, what's that that thing that you've been working on? I believe it's just bursting, bursting off the top of the rush or clearing off the top of the rush and just um, making a cleaner tackle on a quarterback. Mm -hmm. and, and so you played against a lot of great offensive linemen yes. uh, in your time. Who was the most difficult tackle that you've had to rush the passer against? I probably, I probably, um, no, what was his name? I think Charles Cross, I believe. Okay, Mississippi yeah, State. Mississippi he, State. Good. First gave, round pick, he's with Seattle tough, now. He gave me a, he gave me a tough, tough Yeah, you got a smile out of that guy over there. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, he was, uh, he's certainly a good one. So, new defensive coordinator, Pete Golding. What, what is the biggest difference from last year schematically and this year with Pete Golding versus uh, his predecessor? Trying not to go too much into scheme, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's, um, I feel it's going to be a lot more fun for the D-line. Um, okay. We're going to have a lot more fun coming off the edges, coming off in different, all kinds of different ways, just how we line up scheme-wise. Just It's going to be fun for us. In personality, what's he like? Um, he is he's funny. He's pretty funny. If you don't know, I mean, you probably wouldn't know. He doesn't post like Kiffin on Twitter, but yeah. uh, he's pretty funny if you didn't know. Um, 
If he didn't like have him. the gray hair, you would think he's like hanging out at Fraternity Row or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, he's a pretty fun coach. Um, funny, um, very detailed, in particular in the scheme. So I really like him a lot. So when you found out that that he was going to be your next defensive coordinator, did you get excited knowing? I mean, the pedigree of the guys that he has coached that are now in the NFL making all kinds of money too. There, definitely. Um, just knowing where he even came from, knowing, seeing the guys that he's coached, he got me excited. I'm like, he can take us to the next level. He can take me to the next level. So mm -hmm. I, I got excited. So what are those conversations with you and him personally like when he's talking about, hey, next level stuff? What, what does he tell you? What does he think that you're or, – or do you talk about a professional prospect with your coaches? Does he tell you what kind of pro he thinks you can be? Um, now, we haven't really gone into detail into that, really. He just feel like he, he just believes I can do a lot for the defense this year and be a be – a, Big key point of it. Do you think about that? Is that hard to stop thinking about, hey, I've got a season here, but if I play well, I get to go to the NFL. And is that something that you think about? Um, yes. To say the least, yes. It's always on my mind, but I try I try and just stay stay in the present, stay where my team needs me. Do you have just a favorite team? NFL team? Yeah, favorite NFL team. <sighs> My, I say the Vikings. That's what my okay. brother just got to. Yeah, that's what the, my the skull. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, we're Saints guys, so now okay. we don't like you. But that, that's I mean, okay. I, I mean, honestly, Saints would have been my go-to, honestly. Yeah. But just because my brother's there, I just said awesome. the Vikings. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. So now that this season's about to be here, football's the focus. Mm -hmm. But I asked DeAndre the same question. What do you do when you're not football, when you're not working out, when you're not – watching film when you're not at practice what do you do to, to kill your time otherwise on the game on the game 24 7 with my friends back at home if i'm not doing anything which one i've been playing destiny 2 lately okay yeah uh, if i'm not if i'm not doing anything football related school related is is destiny 2 okay now i played destiny mm. i was a big halo guy growing up mm. i'm a little bit older than you uh, but so I, I played a lot of Halo, and, and honestly, this is embarrassing. I'm, I'm 31 years old, and I'm a father. Mm -hmm. I still play video games with my friends. That's not embarrassing. My dad, my dad's like 50. He's play, he games. Playing, he's playing games. Good. See, see I, I don't need to be embarrassed. Yeah, no, not I play at all. Video not games. At all. My dad, Although, he's been playing for years. He play, he got me in a game. We're on Fortnite now, though. And I know uh, that's uh, yeah. See, yeah, and it, the, the building, yeah, it, it messes with me. Yeah. So your position group. Yeah. Is really new, yes. But it, it, what's interesting is it's new faces, mm -hmm. but guys that have played a lot of football. Mm -hmm. So you played a lot of football yourself. Mm -hmm. Is it different when it's somebody like Stephon Wynn who has played six seasons of college football versus introducing a freshman to the room? Yes. Um, Steph just come in. He he just he knows what the deal is. Basically, he's been in the game for a while. He knows what everything is. He knows how how these systems run. He knows what the he knows the system basically. It just but a new guy. He you gotta teach him a little, few more things, a lot more things. Honestly, just get him along with the ropes. Just show him how we do things. Show him how hard we go. But it's it's a completely different dynamic for sure. Does that? Not mess with team chemistry, but do you guys find when when portal guys come in that it's a little bit different in terms of how you, the existing players, feel about that? Does that is that an issue or is it easily adaptable for you? Where it's just like recruiting. I feel like it's easily adaptable for me, um, because you're still bringing in a new guy, but one just has already has college experience, so I feel like it's easier 
mesh him within the team than maybe a freshman because we got to teach him everything and how we do things at Ole Miss. Then we got to mesh him into the team, mesh him into the brotherhood. But I feel like with the transfer, it's just we got to get him into the brotherhood. He usually knows how things run. He usually knows how things college works. So it's just a smoother transition, I feel, for a transfer. Now, a lot of things have changed since uh, you've started playing college football. Now you can start making money and you won't get in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the transfer portal is just kind of a free for all, but you're a bit of a unicorn. You you didn't go anywhere. Yes. It, it, you've you've been at Ole Miss. Uh, what has this is kind of a bad question, forgive me, but but why have you uh, decided to stay at Ole Miss the um, whole time and not even entertain that? I personally just haven't had a reason um, or a good reason. I feel like a lot of people like not to talk on their situation, but I feel like some of them, most of them have very very good reasons. Some may not, but. I feel like a lot of them do have good reasons, where it's coaching situations, um, maybe depth situations. But I feel like it's been beneficial to those guys. But for me, uh, Ole Miss has been good to me, and I feel like it's just been no reason. No, to, no yeah, reason just, at all. When they're good to you, you're good right back. So uh, I asked a different player this the other day: mm-hmm. the most difficult environment in the SEC that you played in, I, not best team that you played against. I'm talking about stadium environment on the road. What was the toughest game you've played in? Tennessee, easily. Tennessee, for sure. That was wild, yeah. That was crazy. The craziest game. Did you get hit with anything? Nah, luckily, no, no. But that was for sure easiest, the craziest game, loudest game I've been to. um, Throwing stuff on the field. I mean, it's just a crazy experience on the road. So going into that, did they kind of prepare you guys for? uh, Hey, these hundred thousand people hate your coach with a burning passion like you've never seen. Did they kind of prep you for that, or, or were you kind of shocked that these people are throwing stuff at Lane? I didn't, I didn't think so. I didn't think it was going to get to that point, but like based off Twitter, I was like, okay, they pretty they they hate coaches' guts, but like I didn't think it was going to get to that point. And like we were kind of preparing, like okay, it's going to be loud in the stadium, like having the speakers going during practice, like making crowd noise, but like I didn't think it was going to get that crazy. That was a great game, too. I mean, I mean, Matt was exceptional, but defensively, you guys were awesome that night, too. Yes, we had a great game. That was a fun game. Um, What's your favorite game? Ooh. Favorite win? Favorite win? I know a lot of fans that would tell you it's that one. Yeah, that one was pretty crazy. Kentucky last year was crazy. Um, the Egg Bowl 2021? Mm-hmm. That was pretty crazy. In Starkville. Yes. Those, uh, all those games were pretty fun. Those, those are definitely like in my top five. So we asked DeAndre this earlier. It, I know you guys say one week at a time, one week at a time, one week at a time. Do you ever find yourself to looking at the schedule and saying, oh man, I get to go to Tuscaloosa in week four and I really want to get those guys this time? Yes. Um, all the time, really. You just look at the schedule and you say, ah, oh, that's going to be a good game or that's going to be a crazy game. But then I just think like, Okay, got to be where my feet are. Just taking one day at a time, one team at a time, one practice at a time, you know, just trying to stay where I am. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And then Mercer week one, New Orleans in week two. Can you prepare for heat like that? I know you've got training camp coming up and stuff, but uh, I've been talking to friends about that game in particular. 2.30 in New Orleans outside. I mean, you walk out of your hotel room, you're going to be sweating. Mm -hmm. How, How do you? I mean, can you prepare for that? I mean, you can try as hard as you want, but I feel like ultimately, I don't. I personally don't think you can. I mean, you don't ever, you can't really prepare until you're truly out there. I mean, but by the end, it's too late. So it's just you either been working, preparing yourself for it, or trying to prepare for it. But I feel like no matter when you get into it, it's no, 
there's no true way to be ready for it. Well, congratulations on the success so far, and uh, and good luck this season, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's Cedric Johnson, veteran Ole Miss defensive lineman. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and now a guy that really doesn't need an introduction. We're going to give one anyway. Quinn Sean Judkins, the uh, leading rusher in the SEC last year. This time last year, did you expect for somebody to be able to say that about you? Definitely. You did. You had that kind of, even the with confidence. Zach Evans there, you thought that, hey, this is going to be my, it's my ball. It's, it's my game. Yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome. So, actually, can I start here with something not football related? I've heard that you're a skateboarder. Is that true? It's true. Do you think skateboarding, so you did it for years, right? Yeah, I've been skateboarding since I was like seven. Did you make like uh, like the, the tapes and stuff where you would have cameras and, and edit all that? Did you do all that? Yeah, I have an old Instagram, but nobody's found it yet. <laughs> nobody's found it. No. So now we got to tell we got to look. Yeah, so I'm so now. Find so it we, now, but I should know. So instead of that. football highlights, we need to look for your skateboarding highlights. Were you good? Yeah, I was really good. Like, do you still do it? No, I don't do it anymore. That nah, feels like I'm, a broken ankle waiting to happen. Right, if I don't. You did that, yeah. You get too many bruises. Dude. Coach Kiffin like would be like, "Hey, you know what? No." Could no. you imagine if we told Lane Kiffin that you're riding around campus on a skateboard? What he would he think would about probably that? call me so fast, dude. It would make no <laughs> sense. <laughs> so, do you think? Kind of a goofy question. Do you think that has helped you with football? I think so. Honestly, I think it's helped me tremendously with my balance and. Just the will to complete something and be better, I think it's, it actually has helped me. Well, if you're going to get better, that's going to be a scary proposition for SEC defenses uh, this this upcoming season. What, the thing with, with Ole Miss, I think people have a misconception in that Lane Kiffin, they think it's flashy, they think Ole Miss is throwing the ball over the place. This is a smash-mouth, run-based offense Coach Kiffin's personality, you think he'd be more of a throwing guy. What is it about him that he likes to run the football so much? You know, it's just, it's kind of weird because people know what we're going to do before we play them, and we still do it as far as, you know we're going to run the ball, and we're still going to run the ball. So it's not hard to figure out what we're going to do. And then a lot of people expect him because what he's done at his past schools with throwing the ball and that he will throw the ball more, but he's really not. He's a run the ball guy. So last year, Ole Miss had an incredible duo with you and, and Zach Evans. You well over a thousand yards. Zach almost got there. Who can be that number two guy? Who's but this this year you're coming to the season as the Zach Evans guy. You're like that's the guy everybody's looking at. Right. Who's the other guy? You know we have a great running back room. Uh, we have Ulysses Bentley. We've got Matt Jones. We've got Kendra Riscano. We got a lot of people in the room. So. This fall camp, I'm excited oh. to see those guys compete. Oh, you said oh he did camp. it. He did it. We are We're not starting a fall camp. It is not fall. It's 100 no degrees fall. out there. It's preseason <laughs> camp. It's I August. No, so preseason. Okay. Winshawn, now a member of the No Fall Camp Collective. Got you. So uh, what is the one thing that, that you've spent the offseason working on the most? 
I think as far as just running routes uh, as a receiver, not just only as a running back and just getting more knowledge about the passing game and protection as well, as far as just knowing what everybody else is doing as well. So I think that's, that's probably and something I'm working on a did a little bit of that in the spring game. Was that kind of a, a sign of things to come that you're going to see more Quinshawn Judkins catching the ball out of the backfield right. and not just you know running guys over and juking right. them and Ex all that Exactly, stuff. just expanding my game. So I heard somebody, uh, an SEC Network analyst the other day, say that, that you and Jackson Dart were the most underrated combination, backfield combination in college football. What's the relationship, though, between you and two? Like, personally, not, not football, but you and him, like, as buddies. Right. Me and Jackson hang out all day, every day. Uh, we're not hanging out at least once a week. Something's wrong. So, with that being said, I think he's a great guy. I think uh, he's a great person to be around. Uh, he's there anytime I need him. So, we're just great friends. I want to meet the person who said that y'all were underrated, because I say y'all are probably the second or third best in the nation, maybe the best in the nation. Okay. So I want to find that person and tell them that they're, they're wrong. <laughs> There's nothing underrated about Jackson Dart yeah. and Quinshawn Juggins. Ole Miss may be a little underrated, though. Right. You know, the way the season finished last year, that's something you want to you flush and go on and move on. You know, how important is it to get off to a great start this season? Definitely important to get off to a great start. You know, we got the hardest schedule in college football this year, so it's definitely important to know to go out there and do the best that we can. You got to play Alabama, right. you play Georgia, got to play LSU. Those are three monster teams, monster exactly. defenses. You had success against Alabama and Georgia last year, though. Right. Can you have more success? That's what you prepare for. That is what you work hard for and expand your game for and build the chemistry with everybody that's around the staff team. is. That's what you work hard to do. We've been talking to Cedric, talk to DeAndre. We'll get to you now. When you're off the field, other than skateboarding, <laughs> what do you like to do? Uh, I really just chill out, dude. I like to hang out, probably play video games, hang out with my teammates. What, what are you Which playing game? right now? Uh, right now I just play 2K Madden. Okay. Yeah. Cedric was destined. Yeah. So, so you're the sports guy. He he's out there. Yeah. I'm I can't get anybody to play kind of FIFA. Guy. I can't get anybody to play FIFA. No, FIFA's too boring. I tried it one time, dude. It's so boring. I can't <laughs> you gotta like. You gotta <laughs> like. You gotta yeah. like soccer. I can't. Yeah. Quinshawn <laughs> Judkins. Uh, so bit of a target on your back now. Yeah. You're ready for that. Excited. No, you're not going to surprise anybody this season, in, in a good way, though, because they know what you. Yeah. They know what Everybody's you're coming for you now. Right, like I said earlier, they know we're going to run the ball. Oh yeah, it's just how you're going to stop, it. and then you still do it. You yeah. still do it either way. Thank you so much for your time, man. Congrats on the success so far, and good luck this season. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. That's Quinshawn Judkins, Ole Miss star, running back to Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days in Nashville. We are joined by Gary Danielson, CBS Sports, the longtime color analyst on the SEC Game of the Week. 
some mixed emotions. Uh, yeah, I think bittersweet is the word, you know, a little bit. Um, could you turn me down just a little bit? It's just so loud in my own ears there. Um, that's good. I don't even I don't even like listening to me. I understand that. <laughs> I got it. Not off. I, I know other people turn me down, but not many turn themselves down, you know. Uh, I guess bittersweet is the word. It's been a fantastic experience. Yeah. You know, 17 years, 12, 30, 250 games. I bet we haven't done 10 that haven't had immediate national championship implications and it's hard to even zero in on you know what what game is better than the other we've we, we've seen it all basically from the, the year of the old the mississippi teams did it uh, the the year of uh, johnny football at a&m steven garcia at usc knocking off alabama we've really seen it all you've only had two partners in the time that, yeah. that you've been yeah, and obviously Two unique, well, two uh, unique voices, yeah. both just just giants. I, I've I've been so blessed. I started my first game was in 1990, and my partner that year was Ron Franklin, mm -hmm. for one year. Oh wow! And then I went with Brad for seven years over there, and then I went with Brent Musburger for seven years, and then Vern for uh, 11 years, I guess, and now Brad again for now six or seven years. So, you know, this will be my 34th year, and I literally worked just with hall of fame broadcasters it's it's been i've been very very lucky yeah when you think about college football i mean those, those are kind of the voices totally if you're a fan totally. of college yeah. football that immediately pop into your head you alluded to it a second ago i wouldn't have asked it otherwise you hear criticism people do yeah does that yeah does that bother you or do you just um, think this is how i know to do it the best way that i know how um Everybody likes to be liked. I mean, sure. you know, I, I, I would, I would hope that people like my takes. Nah, not my takes on the game. That they respect that I give everything to be fair in the game. And I sometimes they think I'm not. It kind of goes with it. Okay. Um, it's. I don't really listen to it, not because I don't care what the fans think. Mm -hmm. I don't listen to it because I don't want to affect how I do. I don't want to play to the fans, like say more stuff just to be liked. I want to call them as I see them. You know, I really do. And I, I think that's what I owe to the game. You know, both sides are, you know, I, I could play the social media game and put up the, the tweets from both sides. <laughs> I have decided not to do it, but that's not the reason why I don't like it. I don't like it because it's just all about me. Ah, CBS, we bring in 70 highly skilled people that have been working a long time to present a package that we know is very important to CBS, or who hire us, but important to the fans that watch these games every weekend. And, and we have extremely veteran, skilled people. Our cameramen are the same cameramen that put on Augusta Masters. Our tape people have been in it 20, 30 years. Um, the person that spliced together the opportunity for the kick six, had we not put the double screen of the foot and the clock together, that was all done on the fly. And I hate after the game when our guys click on their phones and it's just, Gary said this, Gary said that, he's, you know, 
That's the only part I don't like. I played quarterback in the NFL. I'll tell you a quick little story. I was playing in maybe 81, 82, 83. And my daughter, who was in third grade, said something. I was sitting in the living room, and I heard her say to my wife, I wish Dad played for the Tigers. The Lions are terrible, you know. And she goes, well, you got a nice house here. You know, I'm just going to let you know. And then my son was in first grade. He goes, Mom, everybody at school says Dad sucks. And my wife goes, well, Matt, you just got to, you know, tough it out, and you got to understand that there's your dad and then there's Gary Danielson the quarterback so he's in first grade and he goes no mom they're talking about dad she goes <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of laughed but that's kind of the job you know I mean I I wish they loved everything I said but there's a lot of people I've, I read this a long time ago there's a lot of people that start out saying what they believe is right. That's what you want to do. You, know, they, you say what you believe to be right. But then after a while, they start believing everything they say is right. Ooh. And I've never crossed that line. I've always been like, I'm very humble. I understand that I don't know everything. And I just try to do the best I can every week to, to give the fan an inside look at what's happening. All right, technical question. As you are... As you're broadcasting and you're analyzing a play, right. pass play, run play, whatever, <clears throat> what is your, within the broadcast process, are, are you following the ball? Are you watching the offensive defense yeah, line? Are you trying to see all of it at the same time? Excuse me. So I do it as a quarterback. Okay. That's how I watch film. I don't really watch the ball. I watch the secondary first, and then it usually leads me to the play. How the secondary reacts to the play tells me whether it's a run, an inside run, or a pass. And so I go from that big picture down to, to what's happened, and then I get to the ball. Uh, but then right away, I'm very active on talkback to my producer right. and the tape room of what, what I'm looking at and what I think would be important to the viewer. So I'm driving the replay machine of saying, you know, we should show this. This is why this happened. It's not... I very seldom do I say, wow, that was a beautiful pass. Well, anybody can see that. I'm trying to say, you know, why that happened. You know, wh why did that defensive back who has a safety in the middle of the field, why did he let him get over the top of him? So I'm trying to show why it didn't work, why it did work. And basically my philosophy is, if you're going to be good at this, you have to take what looks and appears to be very complicated. 22 people and show the simplicity of it. Well, what, this is what happened. It's like playing in the backyard. There was a blown coverage here. here the, and show the, what happened. Then you have to take something that looks very simple. You know, a sweep to the right, and they run around the end and gain 12 yards, and show the complexity of the lineman taking the proper step and double teaming to get to the linebacker. So when I talk to young broadcasters, I go, just do it over and over again. Show what seems simple and show the complexity and then show what looks to be a mass of players and show that it was very simple why this worked. Give me a memory from, from being in Oxford for, for an Ole Miss game. Is it well, is it's, it's 14 Alabama? Sure, sure, out? sure it is. Um, it was when, you know, you know, with bad bow, good bow. Right. And it was that day, my, I think my final line was, 
you know, there's been bad Bo, there's good, good Bo, but on this day, it's everybody's going to remember Bo yeah. because that's the day he came through for the team. He made two or three incredible plays with people running right down his throat, showed his intensity and his toughness, and uh, that that and and the last interception, you know, of the game, you know, uh, Hinton. Is that who? who, who Hilton? Uh, it was, uh, no, it was. Um... I was just thinking about it a second ago. Yeah. Sinquez Golson. Oh, Golson, yes. It, it was a fun, fun day. Not for Alabama fans, but they, I, I think I've done I think I've done out of out of the last seventeen years, I think I've done for Nick Saban ninety five percent of the losses because we were there, you know, yeah. for those games. Yeah. What about Starkville? Is there anything? It haven't been as many trips to, to Mississippi State, but a few, I think. No, just the power and the personality of Dak is what st sets out for me. Now, now start, you know, um, I, I'll tell you an early memory, and I, I saw it right away. When I first went there, I, when I was doing the game and afterwards we were driving back, I said, I'll tell you right now. I'm drafting Flexer Cox. That guy, I've never seen anybody play. And he's still playing like that. Yeah, he yeah. was an amazing football player. But I think the overall talent is much better there than people realize. Hard to win. It's, it's hard to get the depth that the big teams have. But, you know, Dan got close. Dan yeah. was a good fit for Mississippi State. And too bad about Coach Leach because we all enjoyed his time. I know you've got to go. 30 seconds. Tell me the, the one game that you've got circled on your calendar for this year that you can't wait for. Uh, I, I, I guess it would have to be. I mean, I, I, we always love the LSU. The, my 17 years was built around LSU-Alabama, right. the game of the century. Nick Saban rebuilding Alabama when he had been at LSU. That, that's the storyline of the time. But I think this year it's going to be Georgia's trip to Tennessee. That'll be a great one. Thanks so much. All for right, time. you got it. Thank you. Gary Danielson from CBS. Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media News. Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back at SEC Media Day, sometimes you just don't know who you're going to run into. Uh, we were hanging out on uh, Radio Row today, and Chris Spencer came by. Former star at Ole Miss, drafted out of Ole Miss by the Seattle Seahawks there for about six years, then the Bears, and then finished his career up with the Tennessee Titans. It is so good to see you, man. How are you? Same here. Doing well. Doing well. You know, I, I, I can never get out of work when I'm around David Cutcliffe, so I, I, I popped in to say hello to him, and um, and then he's he's like, what? How, how long you have here? Let's let's go down. We're gonna put you on the radio down here in uh, Mississippi. That's so not that's what I was saying. looking to do yeah, today. Yeah, I was like, I just came to say hello. But I'm happy to be here. And always good to catch up with Coach Cut, right? Absolutely, man. One of the best men I know, and um, you know, he's taught me so much about being a man and 
you know, no matter where I go, always it's all about, always in my head, leave a place better than you found it. And that was one of his big mantras for us as a as a team. And, um, and I think most of our guys that, that played under him still carries that through their, through their lives. You know what's crazy and what makes me feel old is when he was at Ole Miss, his son Chris was like in elementary school. Right. I went to Oxford High School. I played quarterback there. A few years later, Chris ends up playing quarterback there. And now he's – I don't know, almost a decade into being the head coach at Oxford High School, doing a great job. It's incredible. With, I remember him as a kid when running around the locker room. And I know. Now, and now he has six kids of his own. It's incredible. Six boys, I think, too. Yeah, I was yeah, sitting there yeah. talking to Kid about that. I'm just like, yeah, he and Molly have got their hands full. No, yes, uh, yes. no question like, about man, it. Man, I'm getting old. <laughs> hey, um, get us up to date on what's going on with you. Nashville's home for you, right? Nashville's home for me. Um, you know, I married a Canadian. My wife's from Vancouver, but she played volleyball at Ole Miss and. You know, we always thought that we were going to stay out on the West Coast. And, and when I finished my career here with the Titans, you know, we decided to, to stay put, you know, close to home for me. And, and um, Nashville has been an unbelievable place to, to raise kids. We have three kids now. And, um, and so it's been, it's been fun. I kind of get back to my roots. Got a farm out in West Tennessee. And, there you go. Um, but also running two companies, uh, which it keeps, keeps me busy. Three kids and two companies and a farm. I, I don't, uh, trying to find time to sleep. I, I can uh, can certainly understand that. So companies that you started yes. or have been brought into? Uh, companies I started. I started a uh, technology company about four years ago called um, Blue Chip Analytics. We take um, open source data from players getting drafted and players going into college, build personality and behavior profiles on it. We have a team of 10 sports ecologists that help those help organizations transition their players into those environments the right way and make sure they have the right support based off environmental challenges, based off personalities, how they're going to, you know, mesh within a locker room. And so we've been on a professional side for about three years now, NFL, Major League Baseball. We analyze 71 different languages. So we are in the European soccer leagues. Wow. Um, and so we just now over the last three or four months have restructured our platform to come into the college space. And so, um, so we're now just on that track and, you know, with beta tests and things like that going on in the college space. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I think back to your time as a high school player in Mississippi and that transition, and I can't help but think NIL would have been good for Chris Spencer. Oh, man. Oh, I think about it all the time. <laughs> I think about the life I could have lived in college with these NIL deals. It, it wouldn't have been bad. It certainly wouldn't have been bad. But then the other part of that, so you're talking about what you do, that transition from high school athlete into a college locker room, from college athlete into a professional locker room, there got to be some challenges that exist today that didn't exist when you made that transition. Yeah, because, you know, I remember I was just telling somebody this other day. Um, I remember when I first got to college, especially being a, you know, big time squatter in high school and and never really running in high school. And uh -huh. then coming into the, the college locker room where my first set of squat was 500 pounds, five sets of 10. And then after that, we had to go out and run with tens. <laughs> And I remember. Yeah, but going, I got no legs. I, I said, can't do that, coach. Yeah, I, I, I remember Ruben Mendoza. I said, Yeah. Coach Mendoza, we didn't run like this in high school. So, you know, first day, do I have to run eight or can I just run like two or three? <laughs> and he's, he looked at me. He's like, He's like, How you burn your hand? I was just like, well, What do you mean? He's like, You put your hand on the fire. And I was just like, Okay, I got okay. it. You're throwing it in the fire. All right, let's go. And so uh, I remember leaving, going back to the, the dorm room and calling my mom and, and saying, Hey, College football's not for me. You got to come get me. <laughs> oh, no, you did. I, oh, did yeah. You really? Oh, yeah. And my mom hung up the phone on me and didn't talk to me for two days, for two weeks. And and I remember, um, I remember those 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 times. It was just kind of fighting through the challenges of, you know, just physically. How do you you stack up in in, in, in uh, college football? 
fast forward to the, today, now you have the physical and the mental side of it. You know, the pressures that you get from the NIL deals and things like that. And and now you're not a you're not just a normal athlete anymore. You're 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 a very visible athlete where you you're making this kind of money. We expect a lot from you now. You know, you're semi-pro now. And so uh, that's what my fear is for a lot of this this generation of athlete, and that's why we do what we do is to help organizations understand the athlete to make sure they have the right support around it. Because as a as an athlete, you know, I remember a lot of my injuries and things came from the mental side when I was thinking about can't get hurt. Um, what's happening in my in my circle? Who's asking for money? Who's you know want, wanting something from me? And how do I manage it? But I didn't have the skill set to to talk to people and say, hey, I'm dealing with these things to keep them from transitioning over to the field that caused a lot of the injuries with a lot of players. And so that's why we focus so heavily on the psychological side of understanding our athletes so that, you know, you can make it past, you know, what your abilities say you should be in, in, in the college in college sports. And so great stuff. Visiting with uh, Chris Spencer, former Ole Miss Rebel, decade career in the NFL, transitioned into the business world here in Nashville. All right, I want you to I want you to think back for me. I want you to think back to Madison Central to Ole Miss and then that decade in the NFL and give me a memory from each of those three levels that stands out. When you think high school football at Madison Central, first thing that pops into your mind. First thing that pops in mind, us playing South Panola, we have four, I think we converted four uh, fourth downs um, to, to win the North half. But I remember the last one, we were we were on the field and South Panola, as you know, University of South Panola, yeah. unbelievable. And Mike Justice calls a timeout. It's fourth and seven. He comes out on the field and he looks at us and he says, "He said, what do you guys think?" And I said, "I said, Coach, we should run a 34 veer." And he looked at me and he said, "Dad, Gummy Spencer, you want to run a fullback veer on fourth and seven? <laughs> what are you thinking?" And I said, "Coach, they just took all their big guys out. You got me, Buckles. He's coming around, we're pulling, we're blocking down." Tight end is unbelievable. He hits that. He he. The line. If the tight end gets to the linebacker, Arthur Arthur um, was a fullback at the time. He would hit his head on the goalpost, and he looked at me and I said, "Coach, just trust me." And he's he did. He walked off the field, scratching his head, and looked tell the old line coach what play we were running. And the old line coach throws his hat. He's down. like, "What are we doing <laughs> here?" <laughs> All right. So the result sure of enough, the play was we. He hit his head on the goalpost. We scored. And uh, we went to, we went to North Haven, going and playing the state championship that year. All right, so yeah. you graduated from Madison Central what year? Uh, two thousand one. Okay, so you're two years behind me. I was ninety nine, but you were Doug Buckles. Doug teammate. Buckles, two thousand. Yep, that's uh, the year we won. Cliff Woodruff was a high school. Trey Woodruff was a high school teammate of mine. Played with him at Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. all right, so memory that stands out from your time at Ole Miss. My time at Ole Miss, uh, it probably would be. Um, it, it's it's not even really a football. It's not even really a, a game, but it was. The moment that I had to move over to center, never played center, never snapped a day in my life, and I, it, it turned out to be a pretty good move. It, I did, it did, it did. That's why it still stands out as a uh, as one of those pivotal moments in my life. And, who, uh, who made that call? Eli. Really? <laughs> yeah, actually, Eli made it before we even got to camp and all that that summer. He uh, before training camp started, he told me, he said, "Hey, you going to center?" And I was like, "No, I'm not. I've never done it before. I'm not playing center." He's like, "Okay, before the year is over, you're gonna play in center." I was like, "Okay." All right. Training camp starts. Starting center gets hurt. Um, I get a pat on the back from Eli. He's like, you oh, up, bud. you're up. And I was just like, nope. Two minutes later, Coach Cut walks over him and uh, John Latina, O-line coach, and they say, hey. We need you, you to do something for us. Yeah. And there was a day it was raining, and I had to block our All-American um, nose guard, Jesse, Jesse Mitchell. My first time ever learning how to snap a ball. We were in 907. Nine the first time I snapped a ball 
to to a quarterback. And so, and I'm blocking Jesse Mitchell. Do you stay in touch with Jesse? Yes, we do. We do. Jesse is awesome. He's doing amazing things. Just down incredibly in successful. So so, so proud of him. him. Yeah. Saw him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then NFL. NFL. Uh, probably uh, Beast Beastquake. Okay. I'm sure most people are familiar with Marshawn Lynch. And uh, I think we've heard of him. Yep. Yep. The, the year we were we were so so uh, record wise, but we ended up we found we snuck our way into the playoffs. Um, but before we got to the playoffs, we were playing the Saints, and um, maybe it was a playoff game. But we played the Saints, and they were um, um, having a good season, and we we ruined it for them. And and that was, you know, they call call a play. Marshawn Lynch come in. He's like, hey, let's go. We're rolling. We're gonna score, and uh, we won't be denied. And and he gets the handoff, and I remember nose guard goes across my face. I kind of let him go, and then all of a sudden I feel Marshawn in the back backfield. He's making a move, and I see a crease. Oh, he hit that crease. Oh man, I got to hit somebody else, and I see Jamin Sharper. I think was at the time was a safety coming down, and I said, if I get a piece of him, get him out in the open field, he may do his thing. And sure enough, so you got to go to the second level. I'm on the second level. I'm on the third level because now I'm at the safety, and so I'm, I hit the safety and just get enough of him, and Marshawn skirts off of me, and now he's in open field, and then he does his thing of just throwing people left and right. And I could hear the crowd just start to get louder and louder. And, and in Seattle, there's no place like playing, playing in Seattle because that place just rocks. And you can feel everything under your feet. And um, sure enough, he gets out and get a couple more blocks and he he scores and, and it becomes the deep thing because it felt like an earthquake That's in that incredible. place. And so those are, those are my three memories from, from the, uh, all the different areas. Chris, congratulations on all your success you, in your career, post-career as well. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Great to see you. Good Chris see you. Spencer, SEC Media Day. We'll take a time out. We've got more coming up with you after this. Our coverage presented by Genteel Apparel, genteelapparel.com. Sports Talk Mississippi, Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi here at SEC Media Day Radio Row. We're here in Nashville, Tennessee. We are brought to you by our good friends at Genteel Apparel, a man who knows a thing or two about apparel because he is still looking sharp. My inspiration, by the way. I'm going I'm to I'm give you some props here on the air. You started this this trend of sports writers losing weight. Mm-hmm. Now 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 I'm doing it. So yeah, I appreciate the, the motivation. Brandon Marcello, 24/7 Sports, SEC Media Days. We, we had Zach Selman on on Tuesday, and he talked about what a, you know his first time to see it in, yeah. in the circus. So you know, in the three ring circus of SEC Media Days, what's the highlight for you that so far? So far, uh, getting to sit here with you. <laughs> wow. That's, that's it. I don't, don't gas him up. We, are, we I don't, do I don't need any, anything like that. Please don't, please don't do that. So. Yeah. I can't wait till baby Gronk is here one year. Oh, no. no that's, awesome. You just keep, yeah. your, your answers are getting worse. <laughs> I don't know how you're pulling that off, but yeah. they're just getting worse. Kirby Smart was here today. This is Tuesday as we're, as we're doing this. It may or may not be Tuesday as this is airing, but... Georgia, the two-time defending national champions. You look at their schedule and you think they, they really have a great path to, to do it again. Yeah. Are we going to see a three-peat this year? I, I think so. Well, Go for it. Let's go for it. I think they, they will. Uh, they're, they, they're the deepest team in the country. They're the most talented team in the country. Really, my only question about them is quarterback. 
But they've got the talent at quarterback and options at quarterback, even if Carson Beck doesn't work out. I, I think that they are built to win a national championship for a third straight year, and the schedule is conducive for them to do so. And um, But having said that, I, I think the biggest challengers to them might not actually be in the SEC. I, I think it's Ohio State and Michigan. Mm. Whoever comes out of the Big Ten they're the most equipped to be able to knock off of Georgia. Yeah, because we're forgetting last year. I said this uh, last week on the show that Georgia was the best team in college football, bar none. I mean, obvious. Deserving national champion. Yeah. But what if that kick goes in at the buzzer? <laughs> what, I mean, what happens? What are we talking about today if he doesn't yank it left and it goes between the uprights and Ohio State wins? Um, I think we're talking about Ohio State being the national champion. Yeah. And, because uh, well, I mean, TCU just wasn't going to win that after everything no, but they, you know, it would have gone the same or similar anyway but that's the thing about college football you got to be able to get those breaks to win a championship every championship team has like two or three moments in the season and it just so happens for georgia their one of their moments was all compounded into one really and it was that kick yeah and i mean goodness gracious with cj stroud going down the field i mean that was the game of his life, in my opinion. And they needed the game of their life just to have a chance as the ball was dropping at midnight there. So I, I think that you've got to have not only a perfect game, but you've got to have some breaks to beat Georgia. And, um, you know, Georgia didn't need many breaks last year, and the one they needed they got at the last second. And then you mentioned TCU. Is there a TCU this year, a team that we could see come out of nowhere? You know, everybody asks that. I've, I, you know, Louisville fans are, are convinced that they are the TCU this year. I'm taking some strong bourbon up there in Louisville. I, hey, listen. <laughs> listen, I love Jeff Brom as a coach. Mm -hmm. He's a hell of a coach and a guy who's going to get Louisville back on track to winning nine games at some point. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be in the playoff this year. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about programs that could potentially be there, um, Wisconsin. Ooh, okay. I like, I like Fickle. I, I, I like him long-term up there. Fantastic fit. Um, certainly looks like it. I love Phil Longo as an offensive coordinator. That offense isn't going to look drastically different, mm -hmm. but what they will do is they're going to get the ball in space a little bit more. One of my favorite players in all of the sport is Braylon Allen at running back. And for them, he's a guy that could be the Big Ten player of the year. They're going to feed him the ball running it, but they can do some other things with him. The defense is strong. Their schedule is favorable in this last year before they go without divisions in the Big Ten. Uh, I like Wisconsin. Among all the first-year coaches in college football, I think Fickle is the one that has the best chance in winning double-digit games. And people use that term sleeping giant a lot. I mean, I think since Texas A&M joined the SEC, people have been waiting for them, that giant, to wake up. But Wisconsin does feel like they can be yeah. absolutely in that category. The one thing they've been lacking... I say the one thing, but a big thing they've been lacking since Russell Wilson is great quarterback play. And Phil Longo has recruited quarterbacks at Ole Miss. He did it at North Carolina, and you know he's going to do it at Wisconsin as well. That too, and then they got they got the answer for them in the immediate future with Tanner Mordecai. And this is a guy who's setting records at SMU. And they're not going to ask him to throw the ball 30 times a game at Wisconsin. They're going to play to their strengths, which is still running the ball, but they're going to get the ball in space and do some different things with them and they've got some really good receivers at wisconsin from everything i was seeing and hearing out of spring practices there 
I, I really like the Badgers going into this season. I'll give you a name to watch for the future, too. Braden Locke, from, transferred from Mississippi State. There was a lot of talk around him that he was pushing Rodgers and that he was definitely going to be the heir apparent at Mississippi State. So keep an eye on him for the future I uh, will. In, in Wisconsin. Let me make some notes. <laughs> um, speaking of Mississippi State, uh, 24-7 released a poll of all its, its oh, sites. Oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> I, I'm going to be gentle. <laughs> Mississippi State predicted last. I, I know, it wasn't your picks. I, I didn't even I, vote. I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I know all of these things. That's why I'm going to present your case to the public. Here. Yes. I'm here to defend you. Uh, like you said, you, you didn't have a vote. It was a vote of all the fan site owners uh, from, from, from around the SEC. Mississippi State last. This is a team that finished third a year ago. They yes. bring back their quarterback, their leading rusher, a good chunk of their receivers, a lot, a lot of the defense. On paper, this looks like a team that should be a preseason top 20 team and have people – talking about them as uh, with some buzz, and that's just not the case. Why? Is it all because of Arnett? I think it, it's some of it is Arnett. Also, I think there's some concern about what does the offense look like. I think people are still asking that. I love Barbe as a coach, as a play caller, when he's doing App State, and how he loves to, to move guys around. But also, he's not like married to a system, so right. to speak. He's going to build it around his strengths there. And listen, Will Rogers has the most experience of any quarterback coming back in the SEC. He's a record holder. He's broken, what, like almost 30 records in, in Mississippi State history there. So um, it, it comes down to schedule for me and, um, and depth at some spots. The secondary concerns me mm -hmm. uh, for Mississippi State. But, again, you know, I know, I know uh, our Robbie Falk at 24-7 Sports and you know that that fellow. I do know him. Uh, so I, I, he, you know, he was, you know, saying, "Listen, the, the way this team is built is one that shouldn't finish last, shouldn't finish six, and they rarely do when they're picked in that spot." So if you're a Mississippi State fan, and embrace it, and I, I think Mississippi State fans mostly have like, "Yeah, sure, that's fine. That that guarantees we are not going to finish yeah. at that spot." And the SEC West is going to be tougher this year. I think a fourth-place team or third-place team is one that's going to be in the mix in the West in those final two to three weeks of the season. With, with Ole Miss, their schedule is incredibly difficult. They, they dropped Kentucky to bring on Georgia. Obviously, they have the teams they play in the West. I, I think Ole Miss is probably a 7-5 and five team. They could be an 8-4 and four yeah. team. But for $9 million a year, is that, is that good? I don't know. Ask Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher. They keep paying him. Uh, no. And I'll, I'll say this, and I, I, I'm not in the state of Mississippi, but I'm interested to hear how is the fan base in, in, in the state of Mississippi, how do they react in those last four weeks of last season? Because I, I thought that they did, that that was a bad job. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was done there at Ole Miss in the last month. I do not think that they were well prepared. I don't think they did a good job blocking out the outside noise of Lane Kiffin to Auburn. Will he or won't he? And they struggled for it um, and got beat bad by some teams and looked out of sorts. This year, they should keep them together. There's not going to be any outside noise with that. But what's going on at quarterback? I think Jack, I still am a big believer in Jackson Dart. Um, but they win seven games again this year. You know, you don't want that to be the ceiling anywhere in the SEC. But, you know, this is a team that, you know, you look at a plan when you get hired. This is the year you should be winning nine games. 
maybe contending for 10, and I, I just don't see it for Ole Miss this year. Especially with that returning quarterback. And, and you said it, and it's true. What happened at the end of last yeah. season? It wasn't just that they – eight and four is, is generally fine at Ole Miss. It was how it looked. The bowl game was kind of embarrassing, yeah. honestly, with how that was managed. If that gets parlayed into using Auburn or however you want to describe the Auburn situation yeah. into a fat raise and then you turn around and lose five games, and, and one of those five being to Mississippi State again, people aren't going to call for Lane Kiffin's head, no. but that's not going to be received well. And I'll say this as well. I think that they're going to be really good in 2024. Yeah. It's just that I think that this year it's it could be another little bit of a hiccup. And, and, and a hiccup to me for Lane Kiffin is winning seven games because he's so he's such a damn good coach in my eyes. And is maybe, I want to say the top, I think Lincoln Raleigh is the best play caller in the country. Lane Kiffin might be number two or number three in the yeah. country. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a fantastic coach. I agree. I agree. Much to my chagrin. How dare you? I know. Brandon Marcello, 24-7 Sports. Thanks for joining us here at SEC Media Days. We'll be back right after this here on Sports Talk Mississippi. I had no doubt in my mind And it's been you, woman Right down the Mississippi continues. One last time. Wake up. We're back. We're back. It's kind of sad, isn't it? But bittersweet. Is this a good week? We got a lot done, and we haven't even uh, realized all that we've gotten done yet because uh, tomorrow there's still a lot. There's still more. Still going to hear tomorrow from Jacob Hester, from Ross Dellinger. From Tony Barnhart, from Eli Letterman, who uh, covers Oklahoma, who kind of came in on like a scouting mission this week. Yeah. Uh, kind of a different perspective there. Plus a food Friday, plus the college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best selling trucks are built plus, Ford tough. We'll have we, our we reaction have to, to the all SEC teams. We will have that. The prediction order finishes. We also have to, uh, again, continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Well, we got some bacon no, 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 upground no. to do on that. Hey, that made, I, yeah, we, we made an executive idea. decision. We, we, we came to a consensus here. Are you today. cutting the ones that are not interesting? We're, we're very, no, we're, I'm just, we're just going to start wherever tomorrow. Wherever we are, that's where that's we where are. We Whatever are. we left behind, we're sorry. With all due respect, because we got two on. to do tomorrow because of Saturday. Yeah, but we're moving forward. This well, week ending means football. That's what that means. Yeah. Like actual football. Yeah. Like, and by the way, if you've been following the CFL and the uh, Toronto Argonauts, I believe it is. Yeah. yeah that Chad uh, Kelly is. Chad Kelly's playing really well. Yeah. Like, he is. MVP of the CFL well. Good for him. We'll see. Yeah. And off Twitter, that seems to be a good thing as well. That, and, uh, yeah, just like a lot of good decisions are happening for, uh, for Chad Kelly. And I think people are happy for him on that front. I agree. Uh, our coverage, uh, big thanks to our friends at Genteel. Genteel has been a partner on this show for uh, the last year. 
And I am proud to tell you that they are going to be with us for the next two years. That started, uh, the, the beginning of the next two years started on Monday of this week at, at SEC Media Days. We are incredibly thankful to, uh, to them for their partnership and for their sponsorship of this event, making our coverage in SEC Media Days possible. I look forward to that relationship continuing just so <coughs> that I can Excuse show me. the first shirt they gave me and yeah. then whatever shirt I'm wearing. Oh, that's going to be, yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, we're getting, we're getting really close to you being in the threes, right? We are close. I, uh, this week I, hasn't helped, but. Well, you know, you get back on the wagon. Uh, I'll be, back, back, on I'll the be wagon. back on track tomorrow. Back on the wagon. So to say, as a matter of speaking. A little different, yeah. 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 Uh, hey, if you're looking for a new Ford truck, Belk Ford in Oxford is the place to go. Great selection of F-150s on the lot right now. Also got a great selection of used cars. They've got financing options that will suit you, and they will treat you like family because they're a family company, have been uh, for over 100 years. And since the uh, early 1960s, a Ford dealership, they've been in their current location on Highway 6 West. Uh, since the early 80s, it's a familiar face that you're going into. So whether you live on the coast or in Jackson or you're in North Mississippi, make the drive to Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota just up the hill for your next Ford vehicle. And tell them we sent you from Sports Talk Mississippi. That's Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford and online at BelkFord.net. So just a couple of minutes remaining. Give me, uh, give me the enduring memory, Brian Haydad, from SEC Media Days 2023. I mean, it really might be, what's your mom's name? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the moment of the week right there. I, I don't have anything else that just pops into my head more than that. But, I mean, obviously, all the great work we did here this week, it, it stands out to me. We worked really hard. People, you know, sports talk radio, not the hardest job in the world. Usually, it's a, a really crushing 16-hour work week for me. But... This week, I feel like I've actually worked hard. <laughs> you know, Borky's he's so mad right now. I really, I really You're put in, so I really put in the grind. Right you know, but that <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like you're you're maybe overplaying it because you're not taking out commercial break time. Yeah, you could be probably closer to four. How's your shoulder, by the way? Feels great. I mean, all that patting yourself on the back you're doing. We as a collective put together a lot of great content and we've enjoyed bringing it to you and we hope you have enjoyed it this week it's uh it certainly is a different week than anything else that we uh, do uh borky is that now your lasting memory from SEC? yeah Video no Days? that's it <laughs> now, i am glad though that we got to see will rogers and quinshaw judkins the faces of the programs in programs, mississippi yeah. uh were here and that wasn't the case for everybody this year and that hasn't always been the case for old miss and mississippi state in years past so that was nice 44 days from the first Saturday of the uh, college football season where everybody yes. is playing. That is six weeks from this Saturday. Thanks for being with us all week. This is, uh, this has been fun. Uh, I think it's, uh, been not to sound like Hey Dad, but collectively the best work that we've done at Media Days. And, uh, and we hope you have enjoyed it as well. And a final thank you. Um, not that I am belittling the work of Will East back in the studio oh, or Lance Tolbert who was, uh, with us earlier in the week. This week doesn't happen without Houston McDavid. He, uh, put the camera on yourself for a second. Can you do, do it? it? You want to walk around here and be on or the camera? put that camera on him. Uh, Houston if I touch McDavid, that, I'll get fired. <laughs> he is our rocket ship engineer. He makes it all happen. Uh, he has handled the video and putting it together and recording it and making us look how we're supposed to look and sound how we're supposed to sound. So, Houston... Thank you. If you don't get Thank enough you. credit for what you do, you're the best. 
You're the best, actually. Those of you that listen to Sports Talk Mississippi, thanks for being with us all week long from SEC Media Days. We'll wrap up the week tomorrow with the Food Friday and a whole lot more Sports Talk Mississippi coverage presented by Gentile. business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.